0: Welcome back to the Red Eye Stories RPG Podcast, I'm your host John and I'm going to be answering some of the voicemails we've received straight after the music. Okay, so let's kick off with a voicemail from longtime friend of the channel, Jason Connolly from the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Go ahead, Jason. Hey, John. Really enjoyed your Random Wilderness episode. Sounds like a pretty interesting system, and like you say, it makes good use of the cards, um, and, and it give you pretty varied results. I guess I'd have to get knock three and look at it to see. I, I wonder if you wouldn't end up having some of the same encounters over and over, though. Uh, but it sounds like you'd have a fair variety in there. So very cool. Thank you for pointing it out. We'll talk to you soon thanks very much jason yeah you make a good point and i think if you did a massive wilderness using the article out of knock you would eventually start to see a bit of duplication etc and i suppose you'd have to either substitute in other encounters or finesse them to give them different motivations like two groups of goblins could obviously be very different encounters just as an example but yeah i think the same is true with any sort of random encounter chart if you use it enough eventually you will start seeing duplication however i think the use of cards and a couple of different tables associated with them means that it's going to take a lot longer for you to see that duplication than with standard tables and next up we have a couple of voicemails from ron fraser take it away ron
1: boy john have you hit on something um, so I want to talk about modern d First of all, it is a well-designed system overall. And um, secondly, I believe they are going to tweak it to meet their modern needs because it turns out that 40% of the audience is 25 or younger. So that explains a lot of what they're um, doing and uh, the direction that they're going. And I came to the same conclusion that you did. That modern d d ultimately is not for me.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Ron. The... The sort of direction that d and d is going in obviously Wizards of the coast Hasbro whatever they 're a company they 're trying to chase after the larger market share so they can make more money and they can keep producing products that 's how a business works so it 's not surprising that, as you say, with the increased numbers of younger players coming into the games who have very different ideas about fantasy and very different worldviews it 's unsurprising that the the company in charge of d and d would sort of tweak the game and sort of move it more in the direction that their increasingly younger market is interested in
1: although i do love it i do love the system i do love more high fantasy at times um but i also love more low fantasy pulp fantasy i also love the epic fantasy that tolkien wrote and um As a matter of fact, I'm playing in a one ring campaign right now, and I haven't had a real desire to go back to playing modern D&D for a good while. Um, The only reason why I even want to play modern D&D is because of third party systems that bring stuff to the table that Wizards of the Coast refuses to
0: yeah i think you make a very important point there Ron. much as with the older versions of DD, we've now got a plethora of different osr products out there to scratch whatever particular old school fantasy itch you have i think one of the real strengths of the fifth edition system for sort of people who are maybe not into the the direction that the core game is going is the third party stuff that's coming out as you say which fulfills different niches using that framework of the fifth edition rules and i hope that that continues and maybe as sort of fifth edition moves more and more away from the core of dnd as far as i'm concerned we'll see more third party products coming out which are of more interest and i have to admit the adventures in Middle-earth sort of fifth edition uh, version of the one ring is one of the more interesting 5th edition style of games for me. And hopefully we'll continue to see third-party stuff coming out, which takes a slightly different tact using those rules.
1: So for the second part of this message, um, I'm grateful that Wizards of the Coast introduced modern D&D, because number one, it actually is a good system, in my, my opinion. Um, I have games based on it, like Esper Genesis, a sci-fi game, And I do love that high-level fantasy. Um, I love playing D&D, modern D&D, in the Eberron setting, which is a setting that was built for it. But um, I haven't played actual modern D&D in a long time. Uh, I've been playing Old School Essentials and The One Ring because I also love, you know, that kind of epic fantasy and and low fantasy, pulp fantasy. So while i don't think fifth edition will ever be a game that'll be my main game anymore i am grateful that you know because of the modern D mindset or rather not the modern dd mindset but the ogl um that we have the osr today primarily thanks
0: Thanks very much, Ron. Very much appreciate your message. And yeah, as you say, there's nothing inherently wrong with the 5th edition rules. In fact, I ran some games a few years back now at a, a local convention using just the sort of basic free 5th edition rules um, after being challenged to do so by my old buddy Colin over at SpikeBit. And I cut down some of the options drastically just because we were doing a one-shot and I wanted it to be a bit simpler. But there were no problems running the game. I think it was Barrow Maze I was running using fifth edition and that all worked pretty well. There were no problems with the actual system. Like I say, I think the the supplements as they're sort of moving on though are sort of diverging from my preferred sort of style of fantasy, which is the slightly dirtier sort of lower fantasy but as you say they are sort of chasing this younger market this these new role players coming in who maybe that doesn't appeal to so much you can't really blame them for trying to increase their customer base. After all, if they don't make money, they don't get to keep producing products. And after all, we do have the OGL, and there is a flotilla of 5th edition compatible stuff coming out from third-party publishers, as you said. And let's face it, at the end of the day, as I've often said in many of my podcast episodes, having more choice so you can make more of an informed decision has always got to be a good thing. And we're going to round off with our last call for this episode, again by Ron Frazier. Go ahead, Ron.
1: Regarding the end of your smoke and snow campaign, well, particularly in od and d and early D&D, that type of thing can happen where a party can just basically have a TPK.
0: Yeah, it's just one of those things in order for, as far as I'm concerned, in order for triumph and victory to actually mean anything there also has to be the very real possibility of defeat and sometimes the dice go with you and your plans work out sometimes they don't or you've not got a plan and the dice go against you. That's just how it is and it's that uncertainty which makes role playing so thrilling to me but it's also the reason why if I find myself in that situation where there's a TPK although I won't just sort of like beat the players upside the head for no reason if their decisions and the dice rolls lead them into that sort of situation I will pl- tend to play it through and let the dice fall where they may.
1: In modern d d it's rarer and rarer and I uh, I think the modern players, um, forty percent of which, according to Wizards of the Coast, is twenty five or younger, might raise a fit if they had something like that happen. You no, know, um I don't know, how dare you take abilities stats from me, even temporarily. But anyway, that was an entertaining story and I just wanted to tell you that I really enjoyed it.
0: Thanks very much, Ron. Greatly appreciated. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, people are always sort of saying, you know, like younger players would probably have a harder time losing characters and stuff like that. Certainly, in my recent experience, though, like running at local cons again, which have recently opened up, I found that very young players tend to it just like water off a duck's back they're really not bothered they they normally have a laugh about how the character died and they're happy just to jump back into it now that might just be the the younger players that i play with them like i say, we're talking about like very young sort of like eight or nine maybe the sort of like the the teens to like early 20s are different i don't know i don't have extensive uh experience of running games for players in that age group certainly not since i've not been in that age group myself which was years ago but um you know if that's what the their market research is saying and the wizards of the coast are finding that people genuinely are put off by character death or sort of very quick character death based on like one or two dice rolls then again you can't really blame them for trying to sort of minimize that in their game but as you say There'll be third party content and I've already seen some of it myself where you can sort of tweak that lethality back up again. Still using the 5th edition Raw chassis if you really want to so that's it for this voicemail episode thank you to my two wonderful callers jason Connolly of nerds rpg variety cast and ron frazier if you'd like to get in touch and maybe be featured in a future voicemail episode you can do so in a few different ways you can drop us a voicemail using speakpipe or anchor link in the description of this show or you can send us an email to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com so until we see you again Take care, stay safe, and whatever you're playing, have fun.